Well, welcome again to uh, Grace Church here at the Ellick campus. Glad to be with you this weekend. My name's Ryan. If we haven't met yet, we'd love to meet you and uh, maybe hear how you made your way to Grace. And want to just highlight something that Pastor Aaron brought up just a minute ago about our Christmas boxes. Guys, great job. Over 200 boxes that are going to be given to kids over the next week or so, so that they'll each walk away with uh, a gift from us, kind of from us and from uh, the Arlington Memorial Baptist Church. And so they'll know that we love them, and they'll have a gift from us in there. And uh, boy, what a big impact that makes. And we want to continue to do things like that as a campus, right? We want to go deep and kind of make a big splash into the hearts and lives of people and to help them know that Jesus loves them. So excited about that. Thanks for doing that. And I think it makes a huge, huge difference in our community. And guys, we started a series a few weeks ago now called Moments of Wonder. And this is kind of our Christmas series. And I think this is a fascinating one. Kind of what we went out on as a premise is we said that we all have moments of wonder. There are moments in our lives when we are kind of captured in wonder. We have doubts. We wonder where God is. Uh, We wonder what he's doing. We wonder if he's still with us. And uh, all of us are going to have moments like that when we're kind of wrestling at a deep level or maybe confounded a little bit and just asking God, what are you doing right now? And uh, do you still love me? And are you still working in my life? And uh, I'm captured by a moment of wonder. We said that that moments of wonder is kind of like a, a coin. On the other side of that coin, you know, there's moments of wonder that in Christmas, uh, we're all kind of captivated at times by uh, the beauty and the wonder of life and the gift of family and uh, the gift of our hope in Jesus, right? So there's moments of wonder, uh, questioning, doubting, wrestling, and then, of course, there's moments of wonder, awe and beauty, and I'm captivated by kind of the moment and of hope and the season of Christmas and all that it has to bring. And we said in the course of this series, what we really wanted to do is kind of go back and look at the birth of Jesus and the group of people that surrounded the life of Jesus as he was born. As he showed up on the planet, those people would be captivated by moments of wonder and they would be filled in a sense of awe in in moments of wonder as well. And so we said we want to kind of see Christmas through their eyes. And so that's what we've been doing over the last handful of weeks. We looked at Mary and Joseph, and as this this young uh, kind of engaged couple has this news dropped into their lap, that they they have a life path in mind, and they think it's all going to play out a certain way, and all of a sudden they realize, oh, wow, we get to be the earthly parents to the Son of God. Didn't see that one coming, right? So they have to adjust to that. And they they stand in awe and in wonder of that whole situation as they adjust to changes and as they kind of say yes to what God wants for their lives. It's all kind of a moment of wonder. We watch them flip the coin of confusion or change or or having to be flexible, and now they can stand in a place of worship. So if you missed either of those conversations, you can catch up online if you want to do that. Uh, You can download our app. Uh, Grace Church 30, or uh, catch up online if you want to listen there. And what we want to do today in the course of our conversation, we continue to meet some new people, is we want to look at a group of people that I think are absolutely fascinating. Uh, th- this group of people is called the Magi, and, or the Wise Men. 
and culturally, we, we kind of are familiar with the Christmas story-ish. It's become a popular part of our cultures to kind of understand the different people in the nativity set, the characters kind of that would show up. And the wise men or the magi are a fascinating group of people in the story of Jesus' birth and kind of his first, first few years of life. And so we're going to dive into that conversation and that story pretty deeply. And I think we're going to be a little bit blown away by what we find because their story is fascinating. And I would love to have been able to interview these guys and understand what they were thinking and how they processed because these are people that uh, would not naturally be connected to the birth of Jesus, him kind of coming to the planet. And I think what we're going to see as we look into this story is we're probably going to see ourselves somewhere in it. We're going to see a couple different people in a, another group of people along the way. And I think as we start to unpack their story and their moments of wonder, I think we're going to see our moments of wonder in the thick of that as well. So let me read this through for you. We're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 2, verses uh, 12, 1 through 12. I'm just going to read through it all here, and then we'll kind of unpack it a piece at a time. And I'll warn you, as we're going to, even as I'm reading through this, you probably want to open your Bibles today if you have a Bible with you. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, maybe open your phone to version, and uh, you want, probably want to look along in the story. We're going to cover a lot of ground today in the Bible and I really want us to grab hold of this story. So here, let me kind of read through it, and we'll come back and unpack it a piece at a time. Here's what Matthew tells us, verse 1 of chapter 2. He says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Okay, so fascinating story. And we get introduced to some major characters, kind of people in this story right away, and I want us to kind of set up shop here on the whiteboard and look at it. Here's kind of the first players that we see showing up, right? We see after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. So let's see what we got. Uh, we, we've got, of course, Jesus. He is born. We, we have this whole context is Israel, 
is what we're going to call this, right? So Israel would have been for hundreds of years in incredible expectation and anticipation that one day a Messiah was going to be born. The Messiah is going to be the king of the nation of Israel, the people who are Jewish. And so they would have been waiting for this to happen for hundreds of years. Herod knows that. He's another player in the story. And Herod himself uh, would have been a ruler, and he would have seen the birth of Jesus, the birth of Christ, the Messiah, as an enormous threat to his power. And if another king were to show up, he would be dethroned, so to say. Of course, the last people that we see in the story here are these people from the east, the magi, kind of out of nowhere. We, We don't even know much about them. And all of a sudden, they are now introduced into the story and we learn a little bit about them, and they, of course, take a central role. And as we dive into this, I just want to mention this. It's really tempting for us, especially in the Christmas story. As we read through it, and it's, it's kind of familiar to us because we're used to hearing about Christmas and Joseph and Mary and the wise men and the shepherds and all the people that show up around Jesus, it's easy for us to think of them as, as just that kind of nativity figures, And I would encourage us to not think that way, but to allow ourselves to see these as real people, man. As real uh, men and women who had fears and doubts and wonders. And I want us to, in in a real sense, feel the kind of the grittiness of life and the wonder of, of what they would be going through. The people of Israel would have been living normal life, man. They they would have been taking care of business getting married and doing business and buying houses and finishing degrees. They would have been just like you and me. Right? Herod just trying to hold down a leadership position. These folks, these magi are fascinating because really what they are, we know a little bit about who they may be, is these guys would have almost been like the ancient equivalent of a PhD. They would have studied the stars. And so they would have studied the, the stars and the planets and the sky and they would have looked and wondered and studied, and and they would have watched cosmic events happen, and they would have been the guys who were kind of all in the books trying to figure out what's happening, and and what's happening out here, and how does it connect to what's going on, and they show up out of nowhere, and they show up asking all of these super interesting questions, I think, right? So, So the Magi show up, and as they show up, They're entering into Israel, and they're asking some questions. And and here's some of what we see in verse 2. The Magi asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Okay, so track it with me. He's like, we studied this stuff. Uh, We studied the sky. There's a star that was to come. They would have been familiar. They're not Jewish people, right? So they're not part of this. But they would have been familiar with what was happening and what, what, what the Bible said in essence about the Messiah. Here's a verse they would have been familiar with. I'm almost positive. Uh, they would have known this one from Numbers. A star will come out of Jacob. 
a scepter will rise out of Israel. And as they studied the stars and they watched what was happening, they would have connected the dots that this cosmic event connected to this ancient prophecy and something huge is happening right now. And we are so committed to this conclusion that we're willing to travel probably hundreds of miles at our own expense, uh, risk time and income that could happen, to go find the Messiah, the promised Jewish king, and they show up on the scene and they're asking these questions that I think are absolutely fascinating. Here's what they said, right? We just read it. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star and we've come to worship him. And you gotta kind of appreciate what's going on here. Um, Because Israel, as we just mentioned, for hundreds of years would have been ready to see their king. Like it's the most important thing that is ever going to happen in the nation of Israel. And the Magi show up and the, the, the way that the language is structured, it says that they're, they're asking, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? That language is this, that they're continually asking. So it's like this, they're walking around in Israel looking at people going, hey, uh, have you seen the Messiah? Do you know where this happened? What's going on here? You you people are Jewish, right? You, You people are Israel, right? Haven't you been waiting for a king for a long time? Does anybody know what's going on? Right? They, they kind of show up on the scene and nobody has any idea that Jesus is born here. So the Magi show up, you can almost have to appreciate the comedy of it. They're like, how come we know what's going on and you don't? They show up and they're like, does anybody know where this king is? Hello? Right? The, the most important thing that's ever going to happen to you just happened and you don't have any idea about it. It's fascinating to watch these non-Jewish, kind of nerdy scholars say, man, we're all the way in. We're going to travel from all this distance, and we're going to show up here, and we are going to be, we're going to find this Jewish king, and we want to worship him. We want to show our reverence to him and bow down to him. Now, what's interesting is, the response to the Magi showing up, right? Because this is not on the radar at all. Here's what happens. It says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So everybody's like, wait a minute. The Messiah showed up? Did, did this happen? And by the way, they would have heard about these kinds of things maybe showing up, that somebody may be the Messiah and it may be this time and, and they would have been familiar with all of that. Is this just another upstart? Is this just another person who's claiming to be the Christ or is this the real deal? Herod, who has a lot to lose because if this is the real king, he loses his power, is going to take it very, very seriously. And what he's going to do is he's going to go to some extreme lengths in his response to him. And in fact, we would say it this way, everybody who kind of sees Jesus for who he really is from his birth on, it is going to respond in an extreme manner to Jesus. 
Here's how I said it in your notes. I said, those who see Christ for who he is are pressed to their ex- the extremes in their response to him. So e- either people, when they see Jesus and they recognize him for who he is, that he is the king and he is God, and he is who he says he is, they're either going to run to accept Jesus or they're going to run to reject Jesus. And Herod is going to adopt one of those responses right away. He's going to, we're going to find out later on here in the passage that he is going to go to great lengths to get rid of this king. He wants to eradicate any possibility of his power going away. He kind of grabs the reins and tries to make it happen that he is going to, he's going to remain sovereign over his life. Here's what we read later in the passage. Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Right, that as the Magi are going to look for him, Herod is going to search for him for a different reason. He wants to get rid of Jesus, and he wants to vanquish him from the planet. This is a fascinating thing for us to begin to look at, because we go to Christmas. Uh, Christmas is not just a holiday to celebrate. Right? It's not, not just a nostalgic moment to embrace, although it is those things, and it's fine, but it's more than that. Right? The, the entrance of Jesus onto the planet would cause a, a polarizing. It would send some people in, into a fight against Jesus. It would cause some people to be drawn to Jesus and find what they're made for, what they've hoped for, what they've longed for. But it's very difficult to remain neutral to Jesus. There's an extreme that we're drawn to. And in fact, John would talk about this in another account about Jesus. He would say, this is the verdict. Light is coming to the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. So here's exactly what John's saying. He's saying, here's how this works. Light shows up and people right? People run away from that light, right? Like an insect fleeing away. Some are repelled by the light and like a moth, some are drawn to it. But, but there's a response. There's, there's a trigger point that, that the Son of God showing up forces us to do something with him, right? We got to do something because light has entered the world and there's going to be a verdict. There's going to be a response. Now, back to our story. So we've got the Magi searching after Jesus. Herod has gotten involved. He says, yeah, go find that kid. I want to go worship him too. All the while intending fully not to worship him, but instead to kill him. The Magi go find the child. They go looking for him. In essence, Herod, after he talks to the scribes, looks at the Magi and says, hey, you're in the right place at the right time. Like, you you guys did the right math. Because I'm sure they've got to be wondering at this point, like, did we miss a calculation? It feels like someone else should know that's in Israel that our king was born. Like, maybe we messed this thing up. I don't know. But no, you're in the right place at the right time. It's in Bethlehem, that this is supposed to happen, and you saw the star show up. You're, you're right where you need to be. 
the Magi are motivated to come and bow down and worship. Herod is motivated to find the child to kill him. Two non-Jewish people that both long to find Christ for completely different reasons. And then what's, here's what's fascinating to me. So I was reading and studying this this week. Here's what's amazing to me. In this story, we get, we get quite a bit of info about the Magi and about Herod, but here's, here's what we don't hear much about. We don't hear hardly anything about the rest of Jerusalem who was at first disturbed by this news and the rest of Israel who certainly would have heard about the Messiah being born. Where's everybody else in this story? Like, the promised king showed up. And if there's any potential that he's the real deal, it seems like people would have gone to incredible lengths to go figure this thing out and find him, and they don't. We know from the rest of the story of the, of the Gospels, the stories about Jesus, that, that basically Jesus, the rest of his life, was able to live pretty normally. He's kind of a normal guy the rest of his life. He's able to be a carpenter and not go into public ministry until he's 30. He was able to, at 12 years old, go talk and dialogue with the teachers of the law, but people didn't really get the fact that he was the Messiah. They didn't go search and find him and connect the dots with him. What's fascinating to me is that all of the rest of these people, in essence, are so familiar with the story of of Jesus, the story of Christmas we would think of it as, Probably we would think of these as kind of church-going people. Yeah, I think they would look at it and say, yeah, it, it's just, maybe, maybe it's, yeah, it's the Messiah story. He's coming one day. Maybe he's the real deal, maybe he's not. But man, I got stuff to do, and I'm busy, and I got Christmas presents to buy. I got to get on Amazon, make the, right? Like, make this thing happen. It's, it's time to, for me to do what I need to do, I don't have any time for, for this to be the real deal. See, I, I think most of the people of Israel were probably a lot like us. They're distracted and they got stuff to do and they got parties to go to. And they're, they're familiar. They know. It's Christmas. Yeah, it's the nativity. It's a story about Jesus. I know, yeah, sure. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I got, I got New Year's, man. I got things to do. I got to wrap this up. We, we got things. I need to lose some weight here in a couple of weeks to get my goals set. You know? I seriously need to lose some. Next. <laughs> Holidays have not been good to me. But right there's, there's the idea that, that all these folks who at first hearing were disturbed, they show up nowhere on the scene, literally disappear from, from the story, from the narrative. Where are they? Where are the people who... who who interact or search after Jesus, where is the rest of the people who are really upset by it and make him want to go away? There's only Herod. There's only the Magi, two non-Jewish people. Jesus has literally shown up to his people and they don't see him. Hear me, he's hidden in plain sight. In a manger. In humility. In simplicity. Can that be our king? Really? He's not the Messiah. I got stuff to do, man. And the hope of the world 
The Son of God is right there the whole time. Fascinated by that. John says it this way. He said, talking about Jesus, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, and his own did not receive him. He showed up, man. He showed up. The Son of God puts, puts skin on. And he came, and he was, he's the hope of the world. And he was hidden in plain sight, and nobody even saw it. Isn't that fascinating? That in the busyness and the chaos of life, it was missed. The people that grew up in church and were familiar with it, the deep longings and the, the wonder of their hearts, the answer and the way to flip that coin to a place of awe was right there, and they literally didn't even recognize it. What I love, though, is I love the way that the Magi would respond. And I'm so curious to how they figured this stuff out. Here's what it says, the rest of the passage. It says, And after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them it went until it stopped over the place where the child was. Right? So they, they see this star, and they're looking. Has anybody seen the Messiah? Have you seen him? Have you seen him? Somebody's got to know something here. Here's this star. This is the whole reason that we showed up. Listen to the response. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. This group of men, we don't know how many there were. There might have been three. There might have been 30. We don't know if they were kings or not. They certainly were people that studied and knew. But they were filled with joy at the opportunity to find and to see and to worship this baby. I'm kind of amazed by their response. They didn't get anything out of this deal. They weren't Jewish. They weren't a part of a religious system. That they weren't going to stay and benefit from Jesus in any way. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. This is what we've been looking for. This is what we've been longing to see. Watch what they did. When coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. Hear this. And they bowed and worshipped him. See, they bowed and they worshipped him. All kinds of people will go and will gawk and will long to see a, a spectacle. We all like to see things. Different things and unique things and th things that entertain us. That's not what was happening here. The Magi weren't drawn to a freak phenomena that they, could, that they could have admission to and see. They wanted to come and they wanted to bow down and they came to worship. 
Jesus was not going to come and enhance their life in any way. There's no kickback. There's no self-improvement. There's no adding a little bit of Jesus so my, my income goes up or life improvement. These men somehow were overjoyed at the opportunity they had to come and bow before a little child in the midst of a humble circumstance. And they worshipped him. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And those magi would be a symbol of all who would, for generations to come, show up and interact with Jesus the way that he's meant to be interacted with. That he's a, he's a king. He's a lord. And he is worthy of my bowing my life to him, bowing my heart to him, and giving myself to him. It's not some entertainment to be picked up. It's not a life improvement strategy. Jesus, what can you do for me? He's God, man. Then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These men who had traveled so far at their own own dime, they didn't come to receive, they came to give. And when they came to give, they gave their very best. Here's what they did. They searched for him with all they knew. They gave to him with the best they had. And they bowed to him with abandon. The Magi. Man. God's grace was so heavy on their lives and their perspective and their eyes were open to something that I don't know if we can see on our own. Say, Ryan, what do we do with all this? All of these people, the people of Israel and Herod and the Magi, they were all filled with wonder. Questions and doubts and concerns and distraction of all kinds. But somehow, some of them were able to find their way through it and find the Savior in the middle of it. Say, Ryan, what do we do with this? I think we can look at this story and ask the question, where do I find myself in the midst of the narrative? Maybe I'm in a place where I'm like Herod. And I just, I just want to make Jesus and Jesus stuff and Jesus people go away. This, this stuff just bugs me. And, and maybe I barely even want to be here today. I, I, I said yes to come into church because somebody drugged me here. Hear me, I've been there. As an atheist for uh, half of my life, there's a vast period of time where I was Herod. I, I rule me. I am the one who runs my life. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to do that. Make it go away. Maybe, maybe you're in a place where you're Herod. 
Maybe you're in a place where you're like the people of Israel, where, where it's, it's Christmas time, man. It's busy. There's stuff to do. I got parties to go to and gifts to buy and kids stuff to wrap up and it's all, it's all happening. I don't have time for this. Yeah, it's Christmas. I know about this. I know this story. I got it. I'm good. Grew up with it. Maybe you're in a place where you're like the magi or for whatever reason, right now your heart is open and it's eager, man, and you, you just, you're overjoyed to find Jesus. And I think for all of us, no matter where we land on the map, we have the ability to choose kind of which seat we sit in today. I can move from here to here from here to here and land where the Magi landed. Because they saw Christmas for what it was. In their risk, in their investment, and in their sacrifice to get here. And in their confusion, and their did, did we get the right calculations that they were able to go from a place of Wonder. Does anybody really know what's going on? To a place of wonder, we found him. We're overjoyed. We found the Savior, the baby, the child, the one who, whether they realized it or not, would save their souls. Guys, for, for us right now, we have an opportunity to see Christmas, to see Jesus with fresh eyes, with fresh wonder. And maybe the moments of wonder that we're in right now, the difficulty or the trial, the confusion, or even the doubt, what if that coin could flip and we could see Jesus again. Maybe for the first time with fresh eyes and fresh wonder. The Savior man who's hidden in plain sight. In the middle of normal Christmas it's December again. What if we could find Jesus in a new way. In a fresh way in a way that changes our lives. As we have the band come out, I'm going to pray for us and I just encourage you to wrestle this through and ask some questions about maybe where you land on the map and where Jesus lands in your heart. As the band comes out, don't be bothered by them. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Would you pray with me? We worship and sing together. Father, I'm, I'm just amazed at the lengths that you would go to to reveal yourself to us, to 
let us know you. Let us find you. Lord, you send your son all the way from heaven to earth. And Lord, I believe that you have worked in my heart through difficulty often, through pain, through confusion, through moments where I was genuinely wondering what this life was about so that I might wake up and see the wonder of who you are. And Lord, I I believe you're doing that in us now. So Lord, we, in these moments, we lay down the claim to our own life and we lay down our distraction. And like the Magi, Lord, we just want to run to you. Whether it's for the first time or for it's the first time in a long time, Lord, thank you that you meet us here and you love us and you know us and you long to accept us. Lord, would you speak to our hearts? Meet with us here, even now.